1: Athletic Brewing Company is reimagining beer for the modern, active adult. Their great-tasting athletic craft brews let you enjoy the refreshing taste of craft beer without the alcohol or the hangover. You can enjoy them anytime, anywhere, and still be healthy, active, and at your best. And when AB won North American Brewer of the Year at the International Beer Challenge, the judges were shocked to find out it was alcohol-free. I mean, seriously? buzz-free beer that is better than the rest and to top it all off as part of athletic brewing two for the trails program two percent of all their sales are donated to causes and organizations that support healthy outdoor active living through park and trail cleanup and maintenance whether you've decided to cut alcohol out of your life for good for a night or just one drink Athletic Brewing Company provides an option without compromises that you're guaranteed to enjoy. To try their award-winning non-alcoholic beers, go to athleticbrewing.com. Use the code PNF20. You'll save 20% off your first order. There is free shipping on orders of two six-packs or more, or you can use their store finder to find it on shelves near you. Athletic Brewing. Brew without compromise. This segment is brought to you by Jig Masters. Step up your game with high-quality performance jigs, spinner baits, buzz baits, and more from JigMasters.com. And always, when in doubt, get the jig out.
2: You're listening to Bass Fishing for News on the Paddle Podcast with your hosts Ryan Milford and Sean Lambert. Welcome back to Bass Fishing for Noobs on the Paddle and Fin Podcast. I'm Ryan. We got Sean. What's up here?
3: What's up? What's up?
2: And uh, it's just us tonight, no guest. Um, yeah. So it was brought up in our Paddle and Fin group chat of a kind of beginning kayak or what I need, that sort of thing, and we've done episodes like that in the past but it's been over a year so we thought you know it'd be a good idea to revisit uh, that right there and so to this episode is just going to be you know intro to kayak fishing what you need what i don't probably go over some stuff that people say you need that maybe you don't necessarily need and all that good stuff how you doing tonight sean
3: not too bad, not too bad. I'm glad it's uh kind of the end of the week. I'm looking forward to uh uh taking it easy a little bit. I don't think I'm gonna have too much fishing uh since it's just getting downright cold out there and uh, uh, out there? uh what is it right now? It is like, what, um,
2: on average like what's your day's been like
3: uh today was a high of thirty six so Tomorrow is going to be a high of thirty-two. Monday's thir- or Sunday's thirty-six, but then Monday, Tuesday, and Thursday of next week we have snow. So.
2: Oh, awesome!
3: Yeah, yeah. Well, except for you know, then the water is going to freeze over, and uh, I'm definitely not going to be able to get out kayaking at all. So,
2: we got forties uh, and fifties every day. Monday's a high of sixty-two,
3: <sighs> <laughs> but thunderstorms. So okay. I actually been out. I, I, I went out um the last three weekends, even though it's been pretty cold and uh but now um I saw a couple people posted videos from the lake uh that were the guy was busting through a layer of ice with his uh trolling motor and I'm like, Yeah, that's gonna start getting a little hairy. So yeah. And- the river wasn't frozen, but uh that'll probably take
2: a while. But that's always kind of I, I made me question it. Like, I've seen videos of people like breaking through ice with their kayak.
3: I've seen Brad Hicks do that. So, that's I mean,
2: that's got to take a total hole of your kayak.
3: You would think so. You would think so. But I guess it depends how thick it is. If it's just like a thin layer on top, maybe. But, and I know they say the river doesn't freeze quite as fast as, you know, because it's moving and everything. But, uh, it also was flowing pretty good the last i actually went out on the river the last time i went out and uh, i was definitely tired when i got back because it was uh, moving pretty good so
2: all right well let's get into this um i guess first things first if you're going to get into kayak fishing you got to have a kayak so how long have you been kayaking now
3: uh, 2017 is when I bought my first kayak okay. and, and, uh, I started with a wilderness systems tarpon 100. Um, and I know you, they say don't buy your, or buy your second kayak. No, wait, what's the saying? Um,
2: buy, buy your <laughs> second kayak first.
3: First. Yeah. And I definitely probably didn't do that because I only had that tarpon for about maybe 6 months before I was like ah I need something more stable and bigger and then I went and test paddled the uh, Kusa HD and loved it so I jumped ship and uh, got that but at this point I I don't want to say whatever gets you out on the water initially you know I know that goes against the buy your second kayak first but what'd you start out in
2: I started out in a Pelican Challenger 100 it's like a I think news like two hundred and fifty dollars. My buddy bought it had it like a month. He's like six four, you know, big big dude. So he he was really too big for it. So I bought it off of him. Um but yeah, I started in that. I had it I think close to a year and then I upgraded to a vibe sea Ghost. before I got my Bite F D. But I, I'm to be honest, and you know, people we're gonna have different opinions, but I've never been a fan of the buy your second kayak first thing because when when you're just getting into kayaking, you don't know what you, what you need in a kayak, right? You know, there's so many different brands out there with so many different features that you you. I mean, some people might go into it knowing what kind of bodies of water that they're going to want to put it on. Some people, like me, I I, I didn't know. And, you know, I've explored different bodies of water now. I feel like my kayak's a good kind of all-around kayak. You know, uh, it's a pedal drive. I can take it out on lakes and, you know, smaller ponds and stuff like that. I can also take it on the river because it, you know, my drive... It's Jackson, it's got the kick up drive. So if I hit, if I get in shallow water and it and I smack a rock or something, it just pushes it up inside the hole. It's not going to damage my drive or anything like that. And it paddles decent.
3: I was really surprised how well mine paddled too. But uh,
2: yeah, so I'm not really a fan, like I was saying, of the second kayak first. I, I feel like you know, buying a, a somewhat cheaper kayak. I, I wouldn't recommend one like what I had because my back killed me in that thing, <laughs> and it wasn't the most stable thing. So I recommend if you can find something like something used that's in the five hundred range. Something that I feel like that's a good starter. You're it's something with a metal frame seat that. Yeah, it's going to give you better back support because when you're out there for a while, man, back support is, yeah, for me at least, that's really important. If you have any type of back problems at all, it's going to be really important to you. Um, for all our guys, you know, I'm six foot, you know, that might be a big reason why my back hurts so bad in that first kayak because it, the back wrist didn't go up very far. A shorter person, They do because, you know, it's going higher up on their back for them, where for me, it's not going very high up at all. So that could have been part of the issue as well. Right. Um, But yeah, something (laughs) decent that, you know, it's going to let you kind of get the feel for it. And then it's like, from then you can kind of figure out, you know what? I think a – pedal drive would be good for me or i think i need to keep paddling some people prefer to paddle um uh, i like an open deck space or i like a center console or you know there's all kinds of different designs out there that you can pick from
3: right and i think along with that you know uh one thing i would definitely super highly recommend is go out and test paddle boats you know Uh, I did not do that with my first one. Had I done that, I probably might not have bought that one. Um, I bought my first one from, uh, Austin kayak online, you know, and, um, if I had to do that over again, I would have went and test paddled as many different boats as I could. Um, uh, a, because it's fun B because, you know, it definitely, when you can, especially if you can take a couple different ones out right one after the other, you can really feel the difference between them and, uh, you know, kind of, compare apples to apples at that point, you know, and, uh, you'll be able to feel, you know, the, I, I, I remember that I, uh, test paddled the, uh, Kusa with the pedal drive in it. And, uh, I really did not like the tracking on it. Um, I felt like I had to constantly keep my hand on the, uh, the rudder control, whereas on my Hobie, it, it, I don't always have to do that. Uh, so it definitely, and I wouldn't have known that had I not, uh, test paddled it. So, um, definitely, uh, if you can now my hobby I actually had to drive, uh, three and a half hours to test paddle because the closest place to me that had, it was Delaware, uh, from PA. So, uh, that I could find a test paddle, but, uh, definitely, especially if you're going to spend that kind of money, you want to probably test paddle it before you, uh, commit to buying it if you can. So.
2: Yeah, definitely. And another other thing, kind of added on to, to that is, you know, if you get involved in some of these, uh, like Facebook groups for kayak fishing, you know, your local clubs and all that, there, there's generally so many people that are willing to buy out a certain kayak. They have it, and be like, yeah, let's let's go out and you know and let you paddle it, paddle it, whatever, and so you can try it and see if you think that that's. For, so that, that's another option there is, you know, just getting these groups and start communicating with people and, you know, see if they'll let you try out some of their kayaks. It, it, it's, that's mainly if you can't find a dealer that has, that like has the kayak that you're, you think you might be interested in um, as a demo, you know, that, right. that could be an option there. Right. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I, I don't really, I don't want to throw out too many like specific recommendations for a first kayak because it's going to vary, but it's part of it's going to vary by area because certain areas uh, of the country, some brands are more popular than others. Some are harder to get. Um, so I don't really want to throw that. I, I know, well, yeah. So not really specific, but, but the main thing I I I'll say again is a metal frame seat that's gonna give you back support. That's to me is the biggest thing when you're first getting into it.
3: Right, right. I um I had a uh I bought uh, after I had my KUSA, I actually bought um uh, one off a guy at work. Uh he was just selling. He was an older gentleman and uh he couldn't get in and out of it. He had a, uh, a loon, which is a sit-in, um, an old town sit-in. And I bought it just because I it was cheap. And I was like, hey, if I can have a second kayak that way, if I have a buddy who wants to go out with me. But um, uh, there was good and bad things about that. It was really hard to get in and out of, and for him especially, he was an older guy that didn't have, his knees were bad, and he's like, I just can't get in and out of it. But I remember uh, one time I took it out, and uh, the one ramp that I get in and out of uh, has a restaurant near it that has weddings a lot, and so there's this wedding going on at the restaurant, so I paddled up to the ramp as quiet as I could, and I tried to get out, and I totally fell. Uh, and splashed, and I felt like everybody at the wedding turned and looked, and I was like, oh, gosh, you know. But, uh, so, uh, but that that only had a, uh, the seat was kind of on the floor of the kayak, and, um, you know, I just didn't really like even paddling it, because I felt like I had to have my arms up so high to kind of get around. Plus, you know, it did have rod holders, but it just wasn't very good for fishing. So, it was the angler version of the loon, but Um, so yeah, again, you know, but there might be people out there who were like, oh man, uh, sit-in's great. You know, uh, that that's for me. So just make sure you try out, uh, you know, different kinds and just put some thought into it. Uh, you know, where you're going to be fishing, go talk to people who fish, where you're going to be fishing and they'll, they might be able to save you, uh, some time too and say, oh, I tried that and give you some good reasons why, uh, you know. uh, uh, one kayak may work better than the other, but again, you also have to, you know, think what works for you, uh, might be different than what works for somebody else. So just, uh, have an open mind, do some research and, um, yeah.
2: And something that you said that kind of made me think of another point, uh, about like the rod holders, you know, there's some kayaks that are made for kayak fishing. There's some kayaks made just for getting out on a kayak um, so I do recommend finding one that's a, a fishing kayak you know most fishing kayaks have built-in rod holders they have areas for storage um, you know I, I've got a I've got a buddy that you know he went out and bought like the cheapest kayak he could and it's a little sit inside, but it, it had like no storage and you know he's DIY kind of guy, anyways. He uh, he rigged this thing up the best he could, where he could all this, but you know it looked really ghetto and it still kind of looked sketchy and everything. He eventually bought a different kayak that was actually a fishing kayak. So just go go ahead and get one that's a fishing kayak and not just a leisure kayak
3: and uh one other thing too that i would think of would be safety too um you know if all you can afford is the the cheapest pelican at your local sporting's good sporting goods store you know by all means uh if that's what gets you out on the water you know do it but just keep in mind that those boats are cheaper for a reason they they don't have uh you know air pocket or uh, anything in the hole to trap air. So if you get water in there, it's going to fill up and you're going to go down. And if you hit a rock with it, it's not going to hold up as well as, uh, you know, some of the higher end, not uh, thicker kayaks, you know, uh, like in the Susquehanna, there's huge rocks and I hit them all the time because it's just the way that it goes when you're floating down with the current. And uh, if you're, you know, fishing and not paying attention, you turn around and they're you're coming right up on a rock and sometimes you just kind of smack into them. Some kayaks aren't going to hold up to that. And if that's, um, you know, the kind of area you're going to be fishing in, you want to make sure you keep that in mind versus if I'm out on the lake, there's no current, you know, the worst thing I'm going to do is the wind is going to blow me into shore and I might, you know, bump the shore a little bit. You know, that's a little different than being on a river, especially with some kind of current and big rocks like that. So, um, you want to look at the safety aspect of it too, uh, and keep that in mind when you're picking your kayaks.
2: Absolutely. That, that's a very good point. Um, like a lot of these cheaper kayaks, like you were saying, it's really thin. Um, I know my first kayak at the boat ramp, I drug it on the concrete a lot. And I almost like uh, drug a hole in it from just from that Just from dragging on the kayak. But for that reason, I I drag, like I try not to drag my kayak uh, as much as I can. Um, Sorry. With a uh, a better quality kayak now, I still try not to drag it because of that. It scared me. (laughs) But another thing to look at is with these cheaper kayaks, they're not going to be as stable. You know, most of them, you're not going to be able to stand in a lot of like my first one, you know, you had to hold upright. If you lean just a little bit too much, that thing was going to tip. I never flipped it, thankfully, but it easily could have been done.
3: Right, right. And if you, if you, especially some of those cheaper kayaks, if you just take a look at the hull, you'll see that most of them are just one big, you know, kind of. Shaped hull, it doesn't have the, the you know kind of W shape. I can't remember what the term for that is, but you know that's where you get your kind of stability. And if it's just one big hull, uh, you know, uh, like I said, yeah, it's it's going to be much easier to you know lean one way and go over. So, yep, definitely keep that in mind. Um, there again, and that kind of comes down to test paddle it if you can, um, so you can kind of see you know, and, and don't be afraid, you know, wear clothes that you can go in it with. Cause you, you know, I, uh, that was definitely something I tested the second time I, uh, when I actually test paddled, um, I was, you know, leaning as far as I could and kind of feel where the tipping point was. Um, you know, uh, some boats are amazingly stable and hard to tip. Like, uh, I remember being in the bonafide, uh, when I test paddled that, and that was hard for me to get Uh, on edge. My KUSA was really good. I test, that same time when I test paddled my KUSA, I also test paddled a big rig, and that was and a Mayfly, and both of those were also super uh, wide, super stable. I don't know, you'd almost have to try pretty hard to get one of those to roll over, but...
2: All right, well, I think we covered the kayak part pretty well. So, Sean, what's the second thing you should look at um
3: i'm gonna say pft i would agree Uh, um you know you could go say paddle because you know you're probably going to need one of those two but uh, i'm going to say pft just because i don't ever paddle without mine um too many things can happen i've heard and seen too many crazy stories and um heard of people just the only reason why they're still here is because they were wearing one so Um, so along with that, uh, I would say, you know, maybe look to spend a little bit more on that because Hey, if it's a cheap one, that's not comfortable, you're probably not going to want to wear it and that's not good either. So, um, of course I, I have, uh, the Chinook, which is a very popular one. So
2: the most popular, I, I have the same one. They and learn
3: um this is you know bulkier than some um i know some people prefer the air bladder ones they're a little more expensive i think but uh um to me i'm i you know i don't trust that it's always going to go off if i need it to i've heard times of those going off when you don't want them to and also uh Times when they didn't go off when they should have. So, this is guaranteed to keep you up pretty much, you know, whether you're conscious or not. Hopefully, it's going to keep you at least your head out of the water and keep you floating um, no matter what happens. So, um, I'd say, you know, if you can and you have a little bit of budget left over, you know, definitely look into half decent PFD. Now, the Chinook is pretty expensive. Um, um, There's definitely some in a mid-range that are going to be, you know, comfortable. I think with my first kayak kayak, I got like a package and it came with a Stolquist one that was pretty comfortable. I, you know, uh, and I still have it. um, uh, I just prefer the Chinook a little bit over it, but uh,
2: uh, Yeah, to something you said, if you got enough, you said if you got enough budget left over, I would almost say make sure you leave enough budget for a, a good day. um you know i was like a lot of people when i first started i didn't wear it um i you know there were some sketchy situations that i thinking back now i'm like man i could have died more so you know um and there's so many scenarios you don't think about, and then because it's like, oh, I can swim. What do I need this for? You know, it's only five foot of water. I can stand above it. What do I need? To... Well, if you smack your head on a rock and you're unconscious, it don't matter how good you can swim or how like how tall you are.
3: Right. And if you're on the river and a, a boat runs over you over your kayak, you know you yeah you you know you never know what's gonna happen. Um, you, and you can't just take your ability into into account. You have to, you know, include the stupidity of other people. So, yep. unfortunately, um, that's you know, you know the way it is.
2: If you fall in and get wrapped up in your fishing line, you know it's hard it's hard to move when you're wrapped up. You know, there there's so many. You know, one story that I remember hearing. Uh, I don't remember who it was. I believe it was just on like the kayak bass fishing. Facebook page or something. But they said that they uh, they somehow got their hook stuck in them and they tried to uh, pull it out. And when they went to pull it out, the pain was so much they passed out. And they woke up floating next to their kayak in the water. Had no idea. They didn't know how long they'd been out or anything. Uh, got over to the bank passed out again and it's like you know he, he could have been out for five seconds he could have been out for 30 minutes you, he, you don't know and you know he could have possibly drowned if he didn't have his pfd on so it's stuff like that like you know we're we're all human um you know as awesome and amazing as we like to think we are <laughs> we're still very vulnerable to uh um, to, uh, stuff like that. So please wear your PFD. Yeah. Uh, uh I, the first one that I got that I wore was like a $30, uh, life jacket from, uh, I got it from Academy. It was, uh, Onyx. And, you know, it wasn't bad comfort wise. Uh, it had a lot more, um, uh, fabric than the chinook which made it a little hotter you know it, it covered more where the chinook you know the sides are pretty well open uh allow more airflow you know it it was covered on the sides and stuff so you know it's a little bit hotter um so you know it it does the job it wasn't like i said it wasn't terrible as far as comfort goes it was just Summertime got pretty hot, <clears throat> but you know, it did its job for $30. Right? Um, I've got the hook now, you know, it's I'd say it's more comfortable, you know, more breathable. Uh, the pocket layout is better on it. I, I, I use my life jacket as a utility, you know, all the pockets keep all kinds of stuff on it. I've, I've got my boomerang line uh, clips. You know, on, on there, I keep my phone in there. I...
3: You can see everything. I mean, I I got the knife. Um, that's not a necessity, but it's nice to know it's right there if I need it. Um, my line cutters are right here. I have my my whistle. That's one thing, safety wise. You always want to have a whistle. I I think it's actually a legal thing, isn't it? Uh, certain places. Uh, yeah, I want to I, say in no
2: doubt see you have to have one.
3: I think so. In PA, it's the same way. So, um, you know, um, and then you can see all these other pockets. I got other stuff in them. I have my, uh, lure retriever in this one and trying to think of anything else I have in here, but, um, generally that's pretty much what I carry on me. Um, and then I usually stash my phone in one of those pockets too. So, um, but yeah, it's, it's definitely, and that thing is, You know, once I put it on, you know, it's comfortable enough that I don't think about it, that I'm wearing it, you know. But rarely am I like, oh, you know, this just isn't comfortable. Um, So definitely. It's a thing, too. Go ahead.
2: Sorry, you froze up on me there for a minute, so I wasn't trying to interrupt you. But I was going to say, that's the thing, too, is once you get used to wearing it, you know, it's not a big deal. Like, you don't even notice it. You do notice if you don't have it on though.
3: Mm-hmm. Oh uh, yeah,
2: it, it, it's almost, it's it's like a seat belt. You know, I, I remember when I was younger, first started driving. I didn't want to wear a seat belt. You know, it wasn't cool to wear a seat belt and be safe. Uh, <laughs> I wanted to drive around. It felt weird to wear it. So now, now you know, I'm married, got kids. You know, I got people that depend on me, so. You know, I wear my right. seatbelt and, you know, I'm so used to wearing it. It don't, it don't bother me, but it does feel weird if I don't put it on. Like I noticed it. And I'm like, I didn't put this on. So it's the same way with the PFD. Like once you get used to wearing it, it's just another one of those things that don't bother you. it don't affect you.
3: Right. Like two Saturdays ago, I drove the whole way to the lake. Well, it's not far from me. It's 15, 20 minutes. Got there, unloaded my kayak, started putting everything in it. And I'm like, I forgot my PFD. I was like, ah, and, uh, it was cold. I mean, it wasn't quite as cold as it is now. It was probably mid forties, but I was like, I could probably be all right going out without it. But I didn't, I, I called my wife. I was like, I called in a favor and I was like, hey, do you mind uh, taking a quick drive and running that down to me? And I just fished from the shore till she got there and gave me my PFD. But uh, um, it's definitely, I don't know that I would ever go out without it. I don't know that I would, you know, at the end of the day, you know, you want to come home. You know, we all want to have fun. That's the whole point of this. But you also want to come home. And if that's what makes that happen or makes it possible, then it's definitely uh, something you should have always. So,
2: yeah. And another thing that I feel like we should say here, like as far as your situation, especially this time of year when it's cold, you, you know, we, I want you to wear it all year, every year out. Um, but when it's cold, that's probably one of the most important times because when you, if, when you hit that water, man, you you watch, look up videos on YouTube of people, you know, uh, jumping into frigid water and doing these tests and stuff. Your body, like, I don't, know, it it don't want to move. You you don't have control of it. So even if you are conscious, it's hard to swim. And so that PFD, you know, gonna keep you from going under when it, whenever your muscles are contracting and you can't control your arms and all that. So definitely at least wear it this time of year. I mean, I want you to, like I said, wear it year round, but this time of year is very important.
3: Absolutely. Um,
2: touch a little more on the inflatables. I'm not sure how I feel about the inflatables. I've heard all the same stories you were talking about that you've heard where, uh, well, I've actually seen, um, back when I first started kayaking, I went out with a bunch of buddies. None of us wore PFDs because I didn't wear them back then. You know, stupid. But uh, one of them had an inflatable and just had it in the back of his kayak, and I guess some water hit it, and we're just paddling along, and all of a sudden, poof. <laughs> it went off in the back of his guy. Um, so, I've, I've seen them go off when not intended. And, uh, you know, I've heard a lot of stories about them not going off whenever they need to. Fortunately, I I will say I've never heard a story of someone losing their life because it didn't go off. Personally, I haven't heard a story like that. I don't know if there has been any or not. Um, one thing, one PFD that me personally, some people like them, I do not recommend is the plate PFDs because if you flip out and hit your head with a normal PFD, it's going to hold you up. With uh, auto-inflate, hopefully it goes off like it's supposed to. It's going to hold you up. With a manual inflate, you hit your head, you can't pull that cord to make go off. I do not advise a manual inflate. Um, yeah.
3: Same with the belt ones. You know, did you ever see the ones where it's just kind of a belt? Yeah. yeah you know, yeah. that's not going to keep your head out of the water. You might it might keep you uh, afloat and save you some strength of having. To, right. Yeah. If you want your butt to float, I guess that's what you do, but. Uh, <laughs> but uh but i remember uh we got when we were <laughs> when we were um out uh down at indian river fishing for flounder uh we got pulled over by the uh, dnr just to check the fish lengths and i noticed that he the coast guard guy was wearing a mustad uh or must add, no, Mustang um, inflatable. And I asked him about that. I was like, I was surprised because I'm like, I would think you guys would be wearing, uh, you know, an actual PFD, not an inflatable. And he's like, well, this is kind of a top of the line inflatable, you know. But um, uh, that kind of, that when I saw that, and initially I was, I, don't, I never had thought I would even try one. But after I saw the Coast Guard guy wearing them, I'm like, okay, maybe, you know, if you spend some money and get a nice one, they, they're probably, you know, worth or you know worthwhile, but uh, you obviously. Yeah. I, I went and looked at the the model he had, and it was it was pretty expensive. So. um I say
2: probably paid for his. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, I definitely wouldn't go cheap if I was going to do auto inflate. Um, I believe NRS recently came out with the auto inflate NRS. This is Known to most as a good quality brand. So if I was going to do it, it'd probably be NRS just because I know that brand and I know their trust. Um, But yeah, that's just me.
3: Same here. Mine would either be a Mustang or a uh, NRS because both of those brands I I trust. All
2: right. So we need to cover anything else on. PFD or?
3: Just guess. wear it. That's the number one rule.
2: That's right. Where's Dan Perry at? That's right. <laughs> uh, so paddles. Um, did you start out with the cheap paddle?
3: Um, again, I mine came as the package. So okay. I think I have a, it's, it's heavier, but it's a good paddle. It's, it's not, it wasn't the, you know, Ozark trail you know, $20 one. It was, I think, uh, when I looked up the value of it, it was probably like a hundred dollar paddle. Um, you know, I, it's not, it's not bending branches. It's not, I, I don't, it is an angler version. It has like the hook, the hook keeper. I, it's still the paddle I use. Even, uh, my Hobie, the Outback came with a paddle and I prefer the paddle I had over it. So, um, at some point I am going to upgrade, uh, but uh, that, I'm still paddling with that paddle, so.
2: It's yeah, See, my first kayak, I had a, uh, a cheap uh, Magellan or Magellan, I don't even know how to pronounce but it's like a 30 or $35 paddle, and it does the trick, you know, I'm, I'm not going to hate on the cheap paddles, they'll, they'll move the kayak, but, um, I've said this before on here, but when we had our Dale Hollow trip in 2019, you know, we were out there and uh, I was with Josh and uh, he was in a pedal drive. So he let me use uh, his paddle, which he's got a nicer paddle. I forget, it's a bending branches. I I think it's like the Angler Pro or something like that. Mm -hmm. One of the nicer ones. And uh, he let me use that, and there was a night and day difference between these paddles. You know, paddling a mile with that cheaper paddle is like you're you're tired by the time you get uh, with, done with that mile. Man, I feel like I could paddle for a while with that better paddle. So, you know, it this is going to be very budget uh, depending on on the person. So, you know, I'm going to say after you get your kayak, after you spend a decent amount on a quality PFD, what do you have left? Get the best paddle you can at that point. Now, I, I personally use like a mid range paddle now. Um, I've got the, uh, bending branches, uh, classic. And, uh, and now have the new yak gadget paddle.
3: I just saw that. That surprised me when you posted about that. I, I never heard that they had a paddle, so that's cool.
2: They just came out with it like last week. (laughs) And, uh, And, yeah, so I haven't got to try it yet, Um, but looking forward to that. Um, What length do you use?
3: Mine is a a telescoping, as a telescoping ferrule, so I can... Where do you use it at? um, I'm trying to think. I want to say at, like, 250, so longer than some, but, yeah.
2: We'll see. Your length, for anybody newer to kayaking... Your length is dependent on the width of your kayak, your height, you know, there there's several different factors going to what length you need. You know, Sean is how tall are you, Sean? Five five seven. Five, seven? Yeah. five seven, what hundred and seventy pounds somewhere?
3: A little later, but yeah. Ballpark, yep.
2: Uh well, I'm six foot and two sixty. And so I'm I'd say, that, I mean, we never, we didn't measure it or nothing, but I'd say I sit up a little higher in the kayak than Sean does. And so there's a further distance from my arms to the water than Sean's arms to the water. So I'm probably going to need a little bit longer paddle than him. I'm actually surprised you used 250. I would have thought it would have been a little shorter. Um, Well,
3: only because uh, I noticed when I have it shorter uh, that I was hitting the side of my, my kayak. So, um, yep. I I was just going to say, uh, I encourage any of our listeners who are looking for a good, uh, if you go back last week, um, Josh and uh, Brad just talked to a gentleman from Benny branches, I think, and they had a, a good discussion on choosing the right paddle. Um, you can't just go by, uh, you know, you know, that when I first started looking at paddles, they had like this thing in the store where you just put your, you know, stand up straight, wrap your fingers over the top and that'll tell you the length of it. You know, that might work for, um, very specific applications, but there's so much more that goes into that. And, and, you know, the width of your kayak, you know, how tall, whether you're going to, have your seat in the high or low position. If you have an, a, an adjustable seat like that, um, you know, what your paddling style is, you know, uh, I remember Brad and Josh were talking about, Josh was saying, um, that he, uh, kind of ends to be, tends to be a more vertical, uh, you know, uh, has a more vertical stroke to his uh, paddling stroke. So, um, you know, he's going in more right next to the kayak versus, out a little bit so um definitely give that episode a listen to because they i think it's a really good discussion on uh you know how to kind of try and find the right size paddle and that's why you know i got really lucky with mine because it is a telescoping so i can could play around with it and kind of you know really fine tune it to where i wanted to be Um, i actually looked it up i it's actually the uh at paddles pursuit angler um, that's the paddle that I have and still use. It's the one that came with my very first kayak and, um, it's 150 on Austin kayak. Um, so it is probably a mid range paddle too. Uh, but it's worked well for me. Um, and having that adjustable ferrule really, uh, you know, gave me the best of all the worlds because I could really, I didn't have to guess on my paddle length for the most part, I could put it, you know, fine tune it where I wanted it. Right.
2: Yeah, and you know I almost got an adjustable paddle whenever I upgraded but I didn't I ended up getting that ben and branches classic uh it's a 260 and you know it, a world of difference just right there you know it's not as light as one like Josh has the Angler pro um but that length that length makes so much of a difference because like you said you know with with my cheap paddle, And that's one thing with cheap paddles is I don't know of any of them that come in like longer lengths, like two thirty max. Right. And that's what I had, I believe. It was a two thirties centimeter. And uh and I I would you know hit my kayak. There were times where I'd go to paddle and like the paddle would come up out of the water and it's like i was just slinging trying to sling water on the person behind me is what it looked like (laughs) um but it was because my paddle's too short Uh, i got that 260 i don't have that problem i don't smack my kayak i i don't barely get in the water and um yeah the uh yeah gadget one right Right now, he's only got a 250. I feel like they're going to come out with more sizes eventually, but like I said, they just dropped this. Um, but uh, Right now, it's a 250, so it's a little bit shorter than what I'm used to, but I don't paddle a whole lot now since I got the pedal drive, so not too terribly worried about it. Yeah, I'm, not, I'm interested in trying it out, but it's got the little lure retrieving hook in it too.
3: Uh, I will say that I wish mine didn't have that because um, my line gets caught on that when I, when I have it, if I'm pedaling or if I, you know, I've had it catch more times in it than I, I might have used it to actually get my line off of something maybe two times. And I bet you I've caught my line on it probably a hundred times easy, you know, um, to the point where now I try and when I put it on my paddle holder. Um, next to my, uh, you know, next to me, I spin it so that it is down, so that uh, my line isn't as likely to catch on it. Because, but it, it, it drives me bonkers. I almost wish it wasn't there.
2: Let's see. I disagree with you there. Um, one, I I don't use my paddle a whole lot. Like once I get away from the bank, I put it up, and uh, don't really use it a whole lot until I'm coming back in. Um, but I believe the. Little notch is in the back whenever I put it on my holder. Okay. So I haven't had a lot of issues with it catching that, but it has saved me really much. Um, I've had rods fall in the water, like in like four or five feet of water, and been able to stick that down there and catch my line with that little, uh, cutout and pull my rod back up. Okay. Um, I've caught, got caught in trees.
3: So that's like, the, the two, maybe two or three times I've used it has been when my stuff is in a tree.
2: Yeah. And you just hook on to the lure with it and yank it down. Mm-hmm. I've used that. Um, I've never really used it for what I always thought it was for, which is lure retrieving in the water. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah. So I, I, I like having it personally. I guess that's a preference thing as well.
3: Yeah. And again, I, I, it might just be, you know, that I haven't used it as often as I should have, but uh, I just feel like it's just one more thing. I end up getting snagged on for whatever reason. And it always seems like, I'm like, it's such a small thing that you would think it would just pass over, but somehow half the time my line just finds its way in there. I'm like, what the heck?
2: (laughs) Uh, But yeah, Um, As far as paddles go, I don't don't know if there's too much more we can really touch on that isn't better covered or already covered in the episode that Brad and Josh did. So I'd say for more paddle reference on what you should need, go listen to the episode that Sean was referring to. It's going to give you better detail from people that are smarter about that kind of stuff than us.
3: I almost want to want to go on there and chat with a uh, bending branches rep just to see what they would consider the best paddle for me, just cause uh, he was saying that they do that. And uh, I was like, that sounds like a really good idea. Um, cause even though I, I do pedal a lot too uh, it is, it, it is on my upgrade list of things I'd like to do. And um, you know, the way they talked, you know, you get it and it will last. If you buy a good one, even though it's more expensive, you know, if you buy a good one, it's going to last for you and be like uh, something, you know, you'll just be able to keep using over and over. So that is on my wish list for sure. All right. All right. So we have a kayak, we have a PFD, we have a paddle. Um, What do you think's next?
2: I mean, you're going to need a fishing rod, but I, I don't really want to go into that too much. You know, if you're, experience fishing you already have that you already know what you want or need um if you're not i'm gonna say just get you don't go super cheap get a decent combo Uh, what would you say
3: is like minimum you wouldn't spend on a combo (laughs) Minimum, I
2: would spend on a combo. No, to, just normal.
3: to get started. You think fifty bucks a fifty dollar combo yeah, would be? Yeah, I'd say fifty bucks would be
2: fine getting started. You know, that way you got something decent, but you ain't got a ton invested into it. If you end up signing, it ain't for you. Um, but yeah, I'd, I'd I'd say that. Right. Um, Oh, did you get? Did you have a crate right away?
3: Um, yeah, uh, just a plain old milk crate that we had laying around the house. Um, and I think I took some PVC, cut it down, you know, and made made my own rod holders, zip tied them to the back of the crate. Um, that and that I rocked that for quite a while uh, until I, until I upgraded to that crate bag that I had for a long time. But uh, yeah, at first it was just a just a milk crate, so.
2: Yeah. Um, I didn't have one at first, like my cheaper kayak because I didn't feel comfortable turning around and trying to dig in a crate because it wasn't very stable. Um, I made my own, uh, once I got my seagulls and, uh, you know, same same milk crate. And, uh, yeah, I actually took a second milk crate, cut the bottom off of it and made a lid for my milk crate and, uh, Yeah, got a little latch on it, and PVC made rod holders out of it, zip tied them on. You know, DIY crates like that—they're gonna, they're gonna do you fine.
3: Yep. Yeah, and you'll as you as you use it too, you'll you'll find out what you do like and what you don't like, and you know, be able to go on from there. And there's tons of crate options out there. So, but yeah, if you're just getting started, you know, heck, even. If you don't want to take a crate, just take like a backpack or something, you know, something um, that you can just throw in the tank well or, you know, uh, or in the if you you have front storage that you can, you know, just something that, you know, you can get you out on the water and you give you a spot to store a few things. So,
2: yeah, my buddy for the longest time he had like he bought this backpack type thing at Walmart that came with like the little tackle box clear tackle boxes mm-hmm. and, you know it's got a spot for that it's got a spot where you can put your soft plastics it's got a spot for pools and stuff it's really really kind of cool like i'd almost be interested in one of those just for like you know bank fishing but i don't do a whole, whole lot of bank fishing but it would be cool for that like so just keep in the truck if you ever want to go and bank fish you just grab that and throw it on your back and go but he used that for a while <clears throat> and, uh, you know, it did him pretty good. Uh, but yet if you're like with, with fishing, you know, at first you might just have like a couple lures that you take with you, but eventually you're going to have more stuff. You're definitely going to want some sort of crate, um, to store it all. <clears throat> um, one, not, not only to be more organized, but, like and, and I would definitely recommend putting some sort of lid on it because one of my favorite parts about the crate, a crate is the security. You know, I flipped my kayak once. I had that lid. I didn't lose all my deck. I, I lost a box that I had laying out on my kayak, but nothing that was in my kayak. Right. Um, or in my crate. So I definitely recommend a, a crate with uh, – with a lid for that reason.
3: Yeah, if you can, yeah, uh, it, it's going to keep it dry. Uh, you know, for the most part, if it if it rains, uh, depending on the type of lid, if you if it's just a, a crate My cut time. on. Okay, <laughs> but yeah. Uh, but yeah, yeah, you know, keep that in mind because it's not a matter of you know if you're going to flip. More than likely, it's going to be when. So, uh, if it's going to keep it in there, you know, then that that's probably. You know, something I actually had a zippered kind of mine came the, the crate bag I used for a long time was actually like like a bag. It it literally the crate sat down inside of it and the, the top zippered onto it. Um now it was a pain getting in and out of, but it was also, you know, dry for the most part, uh unless I was lazy and left it hanging open.
2: <laughs> yeah, the comments
3: Yeah, and and it served me well. It's what I used right up until uh, I got my Yak gadget crate for from Santa. So uh, I have been loving that, though.
2: (laughs) You liking that Yak gadget crate?
3: Absolutely. Um, It's it's amazing. So it's super easy. It holds a ton of stuff. Um, My super long box or my thirty seven hundred boxes. Um, and it's angled, so I don't have to try and reach over and in, I can kind of just reach back and, um, it's been, it's been pretty cool. You got the bigger one, right? Mm-hmm. I, 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 actually chatted with them before, uh, before I, uh, you know, asked the wife to buy it and just said, Hey, will this fit in the, uh, tank well of the Hobie Outback? And they were like, absolutely. So I was like, all right, that's the one I'm getting. So, uh, and it fits fine. It's easy. So
2: storage space in
3: there yeah tons and uh, you can mount rod holders right to it um, I saw that uh, Dan Perry had that set up so I, I kind of modded it a little bit I, I put mine on the side and so I have the three on the back that stand straight up but then the ones on the side I angled so that I can have a little bit more horizontal rod storage
2: Dan's setup is
3: awesome mm-hmm. yep yep that's My uh
2: goals right
3: there yeah um but i you know i that's one thing i i wish that hobie had would be like horizontal rod storage on the kayak like you know the the pas have you know where you can have a couple rods on either side of you just flat on the bottom and uh that's one thing you know that i you know really wish i had and i'm still looking for a good way to do that on the outback but. um That's the next best thing being able to at least have them uh, at a place where I can kind of set the angle of them and have my rods not straight up in the air Um, because I've broken so many rod tips getting caught under trees and stuff. It's, you know, just I needed a better way.
2: See, when I did my DIY crate, like I did not want my rods sticking up for the tree thing. Getting caught in trees, one thing. Another big thing is I like to overhand cast, and I've caught rods going back to cast uh, before, and I don't want to do that again. So I actually set my uh, rod holders up, rod holders that I made on my DIY crate. I set them up to be horizontal. They just stick straight out the back of the kayak. And this did me pretty well. I, I did. There was one day we got out there, really windy, and one got blown out of it. Still crazy to me how it came out the way it did, but because I got it set up pretty well to keep them from falling out, or if they do fall, should catch them pretty well. But I guess it was just so windy that day it blew it out; and it fell out, and I didn't notice until afterwards, so I wasn't able to recover that rod. But other than that, I haven't had any issues out of it. It's been great. I can go right up under trees. So if you're going to make your own crate, that's something to consider. Yeah. If uh, you're curious about my design with those rod holders, shoot me a message on Facebook. I'll send you a picture, show you how I cut them out.
3: Yeah, definitely. If, you know, if you're just getting into this um, – before you go and spend money on a, a a crazy crate just youtube crates or or you know google it and just see uh you know crate diy and just look at the options that are out there you can do a ton of stuff um just getting started until you know you know 100% it's something you want to you know start investing more of your your money into um there's a million and one do it yourself uh things for kayaks out there so uh just you know and google's your friend uh you know you'll you know just hop on the internet do do some quick searching uh, and and just look at what's out there you're going to be able to save a ton of money um, just when you're getting started now obviously as you move down the road you know there there might be things that uh you know you you want to do or try um, and at that point, Awesome, go spend the money. But if you're just getting started, um, you know, don't fall into the trap that you got to spend money, a ton of money on the biggest crate and with the most rod holders and all that, too. So I think that's definitely good advice.
2: Yeah. All right. So we got kayak, PFD, uh, paddle, test a little bit on rod for beginning fishermen, crate.
3: What else I, is a necessity?
2: I, I don't know. I can't think of anything else that you like really need when you're first starting. I feel like that's enough to worry with when you're first getting into it.
3: How about things you might not need? Um, oh, yeah, how about I, anchor? What's your thoughts on the anchor? I, Do you carry I an anchor with you?
2: It depends. Um, if I'm going out on the river, I like to have one. I've got it rigged up on uh, Anchor Wizard um, coming off the front of my kayak because a lot of time I'm going out alone and I'm pedaling upstream and then I float back. So when I'm pedaling upstream, I get to, you know, if I'm wanting to sit in current or something and fish in that current, I'll drop it (laughs) and it's going off the front of the kayak. So it sits there and holds me in that current facing upstream. So I can sit there and cast um other than that i generally don't carry an anchor um i don't i personally don't see a lot of need for it other than in a river um which i personally you know if you're gonna do a lot of offshore fishing uh on lakes and stuff i could possibly see where that'd be come in handy um but if you're newer kayaker and a new fisherman You're probably going to stay close to the bank, beat the bank a lot. You're going to be moving a lot as it is. I don't really see much of a need for an anchor for a newer kayaker.
3: And I agree with you. Um, I also have an anchor wizard. I kind of have a love-hate relationship with that thing, though, because I cannot get it. Half the time when I get it loose, I, I do it too much, and I you know, then have to go home, take it off, you know, tighten it back up again. I've started to get a little better at that, but uh, I'm more, I, I struggle with it at times. But uh, it, when it works, it works great. Um, you know, I just, uh, but I the, that was one of the first things I, I, I bought for my uh, first kayak was a, an anchor. And I went out and had an anchor trolley put on and I didn't know what I was doing. I, I never used that anchor trolley on my first kayak. Um, and um, I had one on my Cusa. And I did use it on my KUSA, I, but not enough. So when I got my Outback, I didn't even have one put on because uh, um, I don't feel like I used it uh, enough to necessitate it. So um, I, I when I look back at all the money I spent on things that I never used, it, it's kind of frustrating. So, you know, definitely the simple – keep it simple uh, uh, until, you know – you, you know what kind of fishing you're going to do the most of you'll, you'll figure out what you need and what you don't, if you uh, don't feel like you have to go and buy everything, you know, I definitely wasted a ton of money uh, on different things that I didn't need. So trying to think of what else I, I bought that I didn't need.
2: Um, you know, we didn't really talk about a net. Do you feel like you need a net when you're first starting? I,
3: I would say no. Um, again, Especially if you're starting with a smaller kayak, you're not going to have the the space for it. Um, Especially, you know, I have I've just upgraded my net too, so I have a half decent sized net now. Um, This is the uh, what a uh, I'm trying to think of what the make of that is. Um, I just just, what is it?
2: So I feel like it starts with a G. Um,
3: Never true last or never last is that it. Everlasts, I think that's it. And this is actually their G3. It's actually Yaknet. It's the, right then, yes. It? <laughs> so um that one's the Yaknet. It I, I just that one just came out too. Um that one has a little bit of a telescoping handle, so it's nice. But up until that, for the first what I've been fishing since 2017, until just now, I had a little trout net that was, you know big enough to hold a half decent sized bass or catfish, but it, the handle was broken off on it. Like, so, you know, it, and it worked. I I usually kept it under my seat um, until I needed it. And that worked pretty well for me. So, um, but I don't know that I necessarily need, you need it, you know, it definitely comes in handy. And if you catch, you know, that PB, you're going to want to have something you can put under it. If uh, you know, you're bringing it in the boat and, you know, you look down and see you only got one hook in it on your treble hook. You know, it definitely is peace of mind. But do you need it? Absolutely. Probably not.
2: I'm going to agree with you and disagree with you at same time. Like, you you brought up a, a great point. It's if you're in a cheaper kayak, you might not have the room for a net. But if you do, I recommend having one. You don't have to go spend a bunch of money on a net. Uh I used one for the longest time that was like $13 off Amazon. And it, it did great up until I caught a big old drum and it bent. We <laughs> used it afterwards, but it, it bent it pretty well with a big drum. But, uh,
3: Still there? Did I lose you? I think we may have lost Ryan, ladies and gentlemen. See if, uh, give this a little bit and see if he comes back online. That's a great frozen shot for those of you on YouTube. He uh, looks very happy. (laughs) Let's see if he comes back online. there you are welcome back
2: yeah uh i don't know if that was me or what but i I lost both of us there Uh, okay but uh
3: so you say if you have the space get one a net
2: yeah i i definitely feel like it makes it easier to land fish in a kayak especially when you get the motion right um But yeah, don't don't go crazy on one.
3: But and really, you know, I I was looking at, you know, the Yak Attack, the leverage nets, and you know, they're expensive. That net that I got is I think twenty five bucks. So, you know, it you can get a really nice net for pretty cheap. I think Academy has the the G twos for twenty. So, you know, don't feel like you know, if you're going to spend, just look around. Cause you know, there might be, you know, this net floats, my other net didn't float. So I was constantly worried about dropping it or losing it. So, um, yeah, just, you know, do a little research. There's another, uh, I think, uh, Brad and Armando did a, a show on nets, if I remember, and Jimmy, uh, so go back and, you know, listen to that and you can hear them give the pros and cons of some of those, uh, other nets. So, I think I lost Ryan again. I wonder if it's me or him. Now he looks, you know, very thought-provoking. You know, this is going to be a good fodder for the YouTube crowd, you know, if we leave this in there <laughs> see if he comes back. But, um, yeah, definitely uh, keep a lookout. Do your homework for the Nets. Uh, there's a ton of options out there. Um but uh, you don't necessarily need the biggest, and especially if you have a smaller kayak, you're not going to want the biggest net you can get. Um, we'll uh, let what Ryan's uh, hop him back in. Hey. Now he's back.
2: Yeah, so we're having some uh, technical difficulties tonight. (laughs) Um, We might want to just go ahead and wrap this up here uh, before they get too bad and we end up losing a uh, an episode again. (laughs) Yep. But uh, I I definitely feel like this is open to a part two of you know a little more, to get a little more advanced. Right. You may need or may not need. Agreed. But yeah, it's been fun,
3: just me and you. Yeah. You hear our beautiful voices a little more. <laughs> I feel like I don't have to do, you know, just not as much.
2: Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, people actually get to hear you talk on this episode. That's
3: right. That's right. <laughs> uh All right, guys. Well, you know, I hope, you know, for those uh, true noobs that are listening uh, or watching on YouTube, I hope that helps you guys out uh, as far as, you know, some do's and don'ts and things to look forward or look for. And uh, if you're just getting started and um, we'll definitely hit this topic up again, uh, you know, a little bit uh, more in depth. For uh, some of the other things that you, you know, might not be necessities, but you know, are are definitely good to have. Uh, I know I I wanted to talk about measuring boards and stuff if you're looking into getting into tournament fishing or anything, but so there's some things you definitely need for that. Um, but we can cover that later. Parks. So parts. Yep. Yep. So thank you guys for listening. Uh, and um, this has been the Bass Fishing for Noob segment on the Paddle and Fit Podcast, where we bring you the techniques, the tricks, and the tips to help you rip more lips thank you guys and have a good evening
1: later y'all there we go